Amen. You can remain standing or you can be seated nearby. We're just going to, I want to say just a couple of things before we go. It's not very often that I do not preach and I'm always prepared to preach. But I try to ask the Lord, how deep is this move of God and how wide is this move of God? Is it permeating this church and many people responding? And then do I have a message? Um, And so that's fine. We have a protocol. But I am hungry for God's glory to come into our church. And whether it is a formal homiletically arranged sermon or it is a word from God, whether it is five minutes of preaching or five hours, no, not that, or whatever, however long that message is, but to hear the word of God, whether it is sung or taught or preached, and to have God confirm his word with signs following. The Apostle Paul, who was brilliant, a theologian, when he went to Corinth, he said, I did not come to you with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Corinth was a pagan culture. They did not have a biblical framework. They did not have 4,000 years of Judaism. They came right out of a pagan culture, just as Abraham did. And I would have preached today about Abraham, how he was transformed from a pagan into a friend of God because he followed the call of God. But Paul knew that in Corinth that he could go back to the Old Testament scriptures, but it was like a foreign book to them. They did not understand or even believe anything about the Bible. They had no frame of reference for the Bible. But in that culture, that pagan culture, he knew that when God showed up with the demonstration of the spirit and power, that the miraculous would give testimony to the preached and taught word of God. We now live in a postmodern culture, a post-Christian culture. Even in the Bible Belt in the city of Atlanta, we have people that don't know if they believe this book or not, whether it is the fabrication of men. We trust it to be the, un- or, or the word of God, verbal plenary scripture, that every word is God-breathed. We believe that, but they do not. So when they come, And there is a true demonstration of the power of God when they are healed, when they are delivered, when the Lord speaks to them about something that no one else knows but God himself. Then they know that he is in this house. And then their hearts will be open to the preaching of the word of God. The preaching of the word of God will always be elevated. It will always be part of who we are. But if we preach and it is only letter, if it is only word, then the letter kills. But the spirit comes and kisses the word of God with anointing and power. And people are changed by the power of God. So, What has happened here today is what we need. Not every service just like this, but to get out of a rut. But to get out of church as a spectator sport. 
to get out of a church environment where you're thinking somebody else is going to do everything because when we come every person who's in the body needs to function in the body in worship in prayer in ministry it doesn't all flow from the pulpit it flows from God Almighty from the throne of heaven See, we are the body of Christ. And the Bible speaks of every joint and band supplying something. We built ourselves up into a holy temple unto God. This is the way the church works, where every member, you may feel feeble, you may not feel that you're on top of your spiritual game, you may feel like you're not worthy for God to use you, or you're not particularly gifted. But when you go in Jesus' name and you politely pray for someone else, God uses you to flow through you to minister to them. And I have found that when God uses me to minister to someone else, he also does a work in me as he is doing something through me. So let's open our hearts. And let's prepare ourselves. If you thought that you were going to be the person standing here preaching a sermon, I would think that you would do a lot of preparation in prayer and study. If you were singing or playing or doing something that everyone would see, you would feel this great sense of responsibility as I do every week to know that I'm not going to waste these good people's time. I want to make sure that I have something to say that God has given me and I have studied from his word. But what I would like to invite you to do is feel that sense of responsibility. I know, you know, you probably won't feel that same pressure that others feel that are in public ministry, but I don't want you to feel that you can just stroll in and come and go. But when you come, you're ready with a prayer and with worship and a word of encouragement to someone. <clears throat> that when you come to church service, it's not to church serve us that you don't come with the consumer mentality where you're evaluating the singing and the preaching and whatever's going on in the temperature and the decimal level, that that's not a factor to you. But if I tell you what, if you love God and you love people, you'll come with a purpose. You'll come to help somebody else. Everybody's got a problem. Everybody's got a need. But when you let God focus your energy on someone else, as you minister to them, he's going to minister to you. God is leading us into a dimension of his glory where every body, every body has a part to play. Amen. So thank you today for responding as you have, for praying as you have. In this unorthodox anointed, God-ordained worship experience. For her world is sick and tired of ritualistic religion that has a form of godliness, but no power. No wonder mainline denominations have hemorrhaged millions of members 
because they leave just as they came. Sit in their lives, habits they can't break, no joy, no power in their life. So if we're going to say that we are spirit-filled people of God, let's be spirit-led people of God. Amen. And as insignificant as you feel, just stretching out your hand and praying in the name of Jesus Christ, who knows how God would use you. I think it is especially significant that when Saul of Tarshish, who would become the great apostle Paul, when God was ready to deal with him, he did not send the apostle Peter or the apostle John or James, the leader of the church. He sent a certain disciple named Ananias. Just a regular guy in the church. And he came to where Saul was. He laid his hand on him that he may be healed. And I believe it was Ananias who baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord wanted his fingerprints on Saul, not the fingerprints of some prominent preacher. So you never know how God would use you Do not underestimate the power of God's spirit that resides in you and how it will work through you for the miraculous. And it doesn't have to happen here. He can use you at home, at work, at the store, wherever you will hear his voice, wherever you will listen to him and obey what God is speaking to you. I don't want to go into the detail, but I told my wife this past week, it seemed like on three or four different occasions, the Lord prompted me to do something that I tried to obey. And looking back, I see how significant those things were. I was not in the role of the pastor. I was just trying to be an obedient believer, sensitive to the voice of God. And if you will do that, God will use you in ways that will astound you and change the lives of people. Lord, Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you. That you said in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. That power and anointing would not just rest on a select few. It would not just be on prophets or teachers. It would not just rest on pastors and apostles, Lord. But your power would rest on sons and daughters, on servants and handmaidens, on young people and old people. That your design from the beginning was that all God's people would be anointed with the Holy Ghost and would be vessels through which you can minister to a lost world. So in Jesus' name, I release this church. I release this body to be empowered by the Holy Ghost for the miraculous for ministry to change the world in Jesus name and if you want to be a part of that why don't you stand and thank him and say here I am Lord here I am Lord use me send me Amen. While you're standing, take a few moments to greet one another. If you have never been baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, we're always prepared 
We have a baptistry, a clean, warm water, changing rooms, a trained team of people to explain and guide you, garments for you to be baptized in. And like the man who was from Ethiopia said to Philip, here is water. What, what hinders me to be baptized? Or like the jailer in Philippi in the middle of the night, he was baptized in Jesus' name. Because if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. It's not something you need to put off. It's something you need to do today. Amen. So, just turn to the person next to you and ask them, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? <clears throat> All right, now, if they said no, be polite. If you're ever mean here, I disown you, right, okay? If you're mean and rude and crude, it's not the spirit of this church. So just say, would you like to be baptized today? Ask them. Don't pressure them. Would you like to be baptized? Do I do that? Ask them. If they said no, ask them, would you like to be baptized today? Amen. All right. If they said yes, then I want you to just, when we dismiss, you can make your way right over here. This is where we kind of prepare and let us know that you want to be baptized. And it would be our honor to baptize you today. If you're not going to be baptized, God bless you for being in church today. Fellowship with one another. Have a wonderful day. Wednesday night, Dr. Robin Johnson. Don't miss Wednesday. You'll be sorry. And next Sunday's Mother's Day. Make sure this week you take time to honor your mom or someone who has been like a mother to you. God bless you. You're dismissed.